This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome to The Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? We've had a, a healthy discussion about Elvis before the show. Was that Elvis? Yeah, isn't that he says? One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. Now let's go, go, go. Now let's go, go, go? I think it's now go, go, go. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's Elvis. Who else would it be? I just thought it was a a phrase. No, it's not a phrase. What what use would the phrase be? It's the beginning of a song. It's the beginning of an Elvis song. Tom, I'm doing all right this week. Uh... Do you get this uh, about these these troubled times we're in? <laughs> and tell me if this is an actual thing that I should probably seek help for. I don't experience highs or lows. <laughs> I'm just in the middle all the time. Just I'm a fine. general numbness? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you have that? Yeah, I think I kind of have that. Uh, I think it's uh, like your brain's protective mechanism where it's like, we're not going to let you feel too sad. But unfortunately, that also means we're not going to let you feel too happy either. Yeah, but I'm kind of getting used to never feeling all that happy. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I like not feeling sad. Lowering the bar all around. Part of me thinks... I could get used to this. (laughs) Just being inside all the time, constantly worried. Never having anything to do. Yeah. I think that that's probably part of it is the, the, uh, like constant worry. It's like, you know, where's that your, your worry, uh, the worry parts of your brain after a certain point, especially when it's like stuff that you can't, you have no control over anyway. I did notice that, like, I'm pretty much a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I read that somebody had a thing, I think that I had that thing that right. that disease. That I and like I'm a, like so I was like, oh, the, this uh, manifests in the the abdomen. Suddenly, I'll be like, oh, my abdomen feels weird. Right. Um, it's like uh, narcissism. End. You want to make no, everything about you. I mean, on some level, yeah. Um, but I think it's also being a hypochondriac. It's, I think it's uh, general anxiety. Uh-huh. Um, but during all this time, I think I'm worried out because like none of that. I'm just like, yep, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have these like phantom like, oh, I think I'm dying of these 12 diseases at any given time. Yeah. Well, they they said, uh, I remember early on during uh, the pandemic, they said, uh, uh, yeah, people who like general who deal with general anxiety are dealing better with 
uh, this than than people that don't have uh, general anxiety because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm used to this feeling worried all the time. (laughs) Where like I imagine there are people that do not experience anxiety or depression like at all. Like it's a foreign concept to them. And, uh, you know, I think probably some of those people are now experiencing it. And, yeah, that would be a, <laughs> a, Suckers. a real uh, Idiots. Uh, kick in the in the butt if all of a sudden you, you you felt anxiety for the first time at like 30 years old. Yeah. Some of us have decades and decades of practice. <laughs> Tim, well, speaking of how old you are, what? Do you, are you done learning things? No. No. <laughs> Tom, every day is a new opportunity uh, well, um, to expand yeah, your mind. I, I should have been more specific. Are you done, do you think, like learning new skills, new like marketable, actionable things? What do you mean marketable and actionable? Like a new skill that could, th- this sounds like it's uh, like a, an intro to a, uh, <laughs> a sponsored read or something, but it's not. <laughs> you're going to try to get me, uh, you're trying to sell me Amway, huh? <laughs> no, like uh, like learning the kind of new skill that not necessarily you would get good enough to do a job at, but the type of thing that uh, that people do do for a career. Um, all right. and it could uh, be, look- it could be a hobby. It could, that's, I guess, kind of what I'm talking about, like a hobby, but like a serious hobby. I've been playing the piano a lot lately, Tom, Okay. um, in like a regimented fashion. Okay. Like I bought like practice books and uh-huh. I, I, I've, I've been looking up like lesson plans online and I've been following them and I've gotten better at them and I have a master plan for um, when we can start doing live shows again. Um, <laughs> it's going to be really great. Um, and so I guess that is a marketable skill because people will buy tickets and uh, they'll, they'll see quite a show uh, of my uh, piano playing Yeah, prowess. but you knew how to play piano a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, but I but mean, like, that's more than nothing. Well, I'm not yeah, sure but, how, how, how much better you've gotten at this piano. For all I know... Uh, you got a new piano and you didn't notice it was a player piano and the piano is playing itself. Does it have a big sheet full of holes that goes around as you're playing? No, it doesn't. I, I would recognize it if it were a player piano. Mm-hmm. My grandparents had a player piano. Really? Oh, that's amazing. I'm so mad at my parents that we don't have, or that they don't have that in their home now. <laughs> oh. Both my grandparents had passed and they were just like, we don't need this player piano. What are you, nuts? What do they do with it? Of course it? you do. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that player pianos haven't come back bigger. You know, with like the whole uh, like hipster thing where people, like typewriters came back. Like people started collecting typewriters. Type, and yeah, People started collecting typewriters, but you can't like collect player pianos. Unless, <laughs> like Tom Hanks might very well have a player piano collection next to his typewriter collection yeah but like who who can who can have the who has the space yeah i mean i guess there aren't companies making new typewriters that's kind of what i'm thinking we're like i don't i don't think there are companies making recorded music but recorded music's never going to sound as good as a player piano 
I, I, I beg to differ. It'll sound better. <laughs> no way. A player piano, the, the acoustics of that in your space, amazing. Do you think you'll never learn how to do anything ever again? That I maybe that's what I'm worried about because, uh, like I I was uh, looking into uh, like uh, how machine learning and artificial intelligence works, and I was like, oh, maybe I should like uh, you know fool around with this stuff a little bit, you know, watch like a tutorial, and then uh, I thought like ah, then what? I'm never gonna learn anything again. I'm never going to be able to sit and and you know wa- like watch like a hundred hours of this stuff and then you know take notes and then do it. Yeah, I think Malcolm Gladwell really screwed all of us up because like he's <laughs> just like once you put a number that friggin' ten thousand hours. Yeah, just like well, if I'm not going to get really good at it, that like I, I could be a professional or like you know really good at something. Like, why would I put in any? time and 10,000 hours I don't have that kind of time I mean I wasn't thinking I'm gonna put in 10,000 hours and become you know the the smartest artificial intelligence programmer that ever existed but like I was kind of looking at it and thinking all right what's what's the minimum amount of hours I would have to put in to to be able to do something well my idea was it's like what if I could train an algorithm to listen to all of our past shows and then make new shows. And then me and you could be drinking, uh, you know, drinks with umbrellas in them on a beach. We're, we're doing that anyway. <laughs> Not on a beach, but that's only because of COVID. As soon as COVID's over, we're, we're going to go back to recording this at the beach, right, Tom? Well, no, I'm saying we wouldn't even have to record it. We could have a computer do the job and, think... and we can talk down to it. We can yell at it. We can say that episode stinks. Do it again. And guess what? It'll do it again in like a half a second. All right. This is number one. You don't like to do things. You don't like to do anything. And I relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think you can make this blanket statement like, well, once you reach 39, you can never learn new things. Well, I- no, you never liked doing anything in the first place. And the only motivator for you to do something is to talk down to somebody <laughs> or something. I guess I did pretty quickly go to, and then we could, and then we'd have somebody to yell at. We'd have somebody to demean for not doing uh, a good enough job. But I'm, and I like doing the podcast. I'm not looking for a way out of the podcast. But I'm just you, saying you love find it. You're always trying to find the most efficient <laughs> way to do things to no end. Yeah, you got all the, you have a lot of time. You uh-huh. spend most of your time just watching YouTube videos of the Joe Rogan experience. No, that's not true, Tim. How could I spend most of my time doing that? But I feel like you're always like, well, how can I optimize this so I don't have to spend any time on this this hobby of mine (laughs) so i could get it done with the bare minimum of time and effort that way i could get back to staring at youtube for hours like i first off i've mostly run out of well i started watching like uh (laughs) i started watching like uh fail videos on youtube so now i get like a lot more fail video recommendations and like they're pretty good but people falling off skateboards and stuff uh yeah, not necessarily skateboards, but sometimes skateboards, sure. 
What is it? Is this like along the lines of like you had one job? No, it's more like uh, faces of death kind of thing. People getting hit by trains and whatnot. It cuts away before you see that that's actually happened. But no, what what are the real fail videos that you watch? Uh, no, not fail videos, but like stunt videos, like extreme videos, close BMX calls. Tricks? Like close calls videos. You ever watch any close calls videos? Describe one of these videos that you're talking about. Like a close call video is like somebody almost falling off the roof of a building, but then, you know, they they, they hit a, uh, a planter or something. It's like, oh boy, I almost fell off this building, but that <laughs> was a close genre call. a video that you watch so much of that it gets recommended to you? <laughs> I don't think you have to watch much because... I think YouTube says, oh, you like that video. Well, we got a lot more where that came from. Yeah. I started watching a lot of um, uh, near, uh, very close call hang glider accident videos. Hmm. Those are terrifying. I was thinking about getting into hang gliding, but then I saw some of these videos and no way, Jose. We had a friend that briefly got into hang gliding um, and he was really excited about it. He was telling me all about it. Uh-huh. Um, and then I realized like in the last few years, like he hasn't mentioned hang gliding, which is weird because like it became a pretty big part of his life a few years ago. Uh huh. Do you think something happened? <laughs> Do you think he saw something? Like a UFO? No, he was hang gliding oh. and he saw one of those close calls, but it wasn't. Oh a no, close I thought maybe he was up there and he saw something freaky, and he was like, "No thanks, oh. that's enough for if me." If he had a close call, he'd walk away and he'd talk about it. He'd be like, "Whoop, I'm never hang gliding again because uh, something ho- horrible almost happened." But but if he, he was wasn't up gonna there... ever say anything again, and he was hang gliding with someone else and saw somebody else, yeah. really, it was more than a close call. It was a a full call. Well, or if he was from, up, the, from the Grim Reaper, <laughs> or if he was up there and he saw like a Mothman, and then he was like, "Well, nobody will believe me," but I'm not going back up there. There, I didn't know when I bought this hang glider there were Mothmen up there. Forget it. The sky's theirs. Let him keep it. I think you should get into AI, Tom, because talking to you is fucking exhausting and terrible. Tim, this week we're talking about a Disney Plus show, but it's not not the Disney shows you remember from the Disney Channel days. This isn't the Mickey Mouse Club, all right? Is it's it serious. Dumbo Circus? Was that a show? Yeah, it was. It had a uh, like live action people in costumes and Dumbo. Yeah, Dumbo was like a man in a suit. Oh, really? Or a puppet or something, yeah. Oh, that's... A puppet, that's fine, but... Yeah, it appealed to me as a child, and I think the mouse was uh, a guy in a suit. Is the mouse named Timothy? Timothy the mouse? Yeah, that sounds about right. Hmm. Um, I never had Disney Channel as a kid. Me neither. My babysitter did. 
Oh. But I wasn't allowed. I only caught glimpses of it. <laughs> it was too raw. You weren't allowed to watch it. No, I ha- I was allowed to watch an hour of TV a day, and I chose The Price is Right. <laughs> I always thought I wanted the Disney Channel as a kid, just because it seemed very exclusive. And then some people had it. Like, when we were growing up, it was like an add-on channel. Like, it was like HBO. You had to pay extra. Yeah, it was not basic cable. Right. Um, But then anytime I had... That way they could show hardcore nudity. (laughs) But then anytime I had access to a Disney channel, I don't know. I was never interested in in the programming they had available. When we were kids, they had fewer programs, too. It was more like old cartoons and crap. I mean, old cartoons are pretty cool. Yeah, I old eh, old Tom. I watch Steamboat Willie three to four <laughs> times a week. Anyway, we're talking about the new Disney Plus series, WandaVision. Uh, the rare uh, Disney Plus and Marvel thing that we have both uh, watched w- yeah. within, like uh, you know, the the day it's available or whatever. Well, I mean, it's the it's the only TV show, right? On Disney Plus, yeah. Yeah, it's the only Disney Plus Marvel thing so far. that exists. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the others exist. They just haven't aired yet. Okay. Um, Tim, how how did you feel after finally getting your Marvel fix after 2020, a year without Marvel? Was there no Marvel There was not a movie? single Marvel movie. Originally, uh, last spring was supposed to be Black Widow, and then I think November was supposed to be the Eternals movie. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the one that Camille Nanjiani got uh, jacked for. Yeah. Uh, Kumail. Kumail. But uh, they neither of those uh, movies were released, so there was no... Disney thing in 2020. And even I think WandaVision got pushed back. I think originally it was supposed to be December and that got pu- hmm. pushed back a couple of weeks. Wow. Tom, I uh, I was devastated by the year without Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily this brought me out of my funk. Do you think, in all honesty, that it was probably a good thing for them just because... 2019 they had uh, avengers endgame and then spider-man far from home uh which you know were were the end of uh whatchamacallit phase three of marvel movies so like a lot of stories had been tied up in in a nice little bow and then there was just kind of this year of no marvel movies do you think that that perhaps helped with the potential of Marvel fatigue. Tom, I have no opinion on that, but in the past, <laughs> I like interviewing to... you. Like you're one of the producers of these movies. I was surprised that you remembered to loop that back into a question that it started. It's it that started off as a question and then it turned into a number of statements. And I thought it was just going to end as a statement. <laughs> nope. I keep track of my questions. Sam, one of the best reporters on the beat. They do say that about you, Tom. Uh, but you, uh, Sir, you did not answer my question. You evaded my question. Tom, yeah, probably. I think Marvel fatigue is a uh, will rear its ugly head at Do some point. Do you ever? Are does your hypochondriac uh, tendencies ever rear themselves in a way where you think you have Marvel fatigue? 
I mean, I that's that's something I think I can be honestly diagnosed with, <laughs> and I don't even really see many of the films. You always, you famously, uh, you know, at the height of Marvel mania, as uh-huh. everybody called it, uh, we had these discussions where I was lamenting the fact that, like, well, this is what movies are for the time being. Like, mm-hmm. this is these are the only movies that are really going to get made. And you were just like, for the time being, no, this will last forever. <laughs> this, this, this will never end. God these willing. will always be the biggest movies on earth. Yeah. Do you still feel that way? Um, I think everything's going to be changing. It's a weird thing that, you know, uh, Marvel movies in particular took over, uh, you know, the blockbuster movies, like popcorn movies. Mm-hmm. It's weird that that happened and now they are seemingly going to focus on streaming shows more, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense from a, uh, a, a financial standpoint that if people are paying $7 a month, then they're getting, what, $84 a year from people? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bare minimum, whereas, you know, if somebody saw two Marvel movies, three Marvel movies a year after theaters and everything took their cut, they were getting, I don't know, maybe like $10 total. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing that I don't like about, I think it's just the culture now, but Mm -hmm. also specific to comic book movies. Everybody who's a fan of these movies are like, also fans of doing the math for how much money the studio <laughs> is making and what's the best uh, business model for the studio making the films. It, it's just weird. I feel like in the past, nobody was like, you know what movie I really liked? Back to the Future. And you won't believe the back-end points that Michael J. Fox got on that thing. And... Oh, man, Universal Pictures really, uh, oh, I guess their president is, is is safe for another year. Well, but I think, I don't everybody think it's became, a... Uh, everybody became, it started subscribing to the dang trades. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. And I think also... It's because, a terrible thing. Well, you shouldn't no, care about the because... business machinations behind the art that you like. So you think uh, if a woman isn't paid as much as a man, that's none of your business? It's not at all (laughs) what I said, Tom. Because I think that that's part of it. I think that we grew up kind of like hearing about all these artists that got screwed. That that's just, you know, from the time, you know, we're we're kids of baby boomers. So you just hear about like, oh, you, you know what happened to this guy? They got screwed on this. And these people refused to sell their songs for commercials. And these people were more than happy to sell their songs for commercials. So I think it's just kind of natural that because we grew up hearing about all that, that we're more in tune with how the business end of this stuff works. And as a result, these corporations can't get away with the kind of uh, you know i'm making fun of you i'm joking about uh the uh, the the, uh, pay disparity between the genders but i think that is part of it where it's like the audience doesn't know they don't give a shit and nowadays there is some of that like you hear about some of these things and then there is an uproar 
and then it is fixed. In for the famous people, for the above the line, right? Like, yeah, above the line, like the visual effects artists. Oh the, yeah, the they're being thousands of names in the credits mm. of those Marvel movies. Those people aren't aren't well compensated. No, and I, but I think that. You so know, like it doesn't actually change things. No, it's it just does, people rooting for Disney. It, for it some changes. Reason. It changes. It doesn't change everything for everyone, but it's a start. And I think the fact that people like me and you know that visual artists on these things are are often incredibly Tom, screwed we're over. Smarter than everybody <laughs> else, and we're plugged in. We're not the normal people. It's true. We are. We are plugged. We we have uh, subscriptions to all the trades. Yeah, we know when box office is boffo. But my we know po- when a scheme. Oh, sorry, I was going to say my my point was just when you. It's surprising to hear that Disney, the 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 top movie maker in the world, uh, profit wise, is going. Well, we're actually going to start focusing on streaming instead of movies. But then when you, it's surprising to hear. But then when you step back and you do the quick math. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Why wouldn't they do that? I don't care what makes sense, though. As a fan, like, as somebody who enjoys going to the movies, I mm -hmm. think the general culture should be like, oh, I like going to the movies. I hope uh, they still put good movies in the theater that I can go watch. Not that, not, uh, I understand uh, since they're beholden to the shareholders that they should really phase out their theatrical distribution and focus on streaming like it it's it's a product right and mm -hmm. i I don't think people need to 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 care about the business behind it they should more care about like hey somebody should deliver the thing that i'm willing that i like and i'm willing to pay for well i should make it clear that doesn't seem like disney's saying they're gonna make fewer marvel movies it's just that that's what you said that's what you said they're putting more energy behind the streaming shows and I think it's fine. I would, I would rather, uh, you know, I'd rather have both. Hey, why not both? Why not the best of both worlds? Why not be able to watch a new Marvel show every Friday on my television, and then every Saturday go to the movie theater and watch a new Marvel movie? Wandavision. I forgot the name of the the, the show for a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it stars Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, of the Olsen twins, and not, Paul no, not, Bettany from England. He, he is from England. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen is not; she is the sister of the Olsen twins. Yeah, so she's from the Olsen twins. From, she's from uh, the Olsens. From the guys that made the Olsen twins. <laughs> well, um, it wasn't guys, Tim. It was at least one woman. Um, but yeah, I guess you I like guess that right. movie trailers when they're like. From the guys that brought you American Pie. Yeah, and it's like, it's oh, some, it's just it's, a bunch of guys. Yeah, I love movies that yeah. guys make. And it turns out to be like the supervising producer. <laughs> yeah. He's the same guy from American Pie. Yeah. I and, don't care. I'll go see Van Wilder either way. And, and, he, and he didn't have anything to do with this movie really either. <laughs> yeah. From Steve yeah, actually, when they say. When they're like, yeah, the guys that brought you American Pie. And it's just like, oh, you mean paramount pictures <laughs> from the saudi investors that brought you uh baby's day out 
Anyway, um, WandaVision, yes. Uh, I've never really heard much about the, the, the Olsen mom and dad, mom and dad Olsen. Yeah, that's good. I, I guess they were good. You don't parents. have a you don't you don't have a Kit Culkin on your hands. Yeah, I I'm, I mean that's what I'm guessing that they were decent. That or either that or or you know all the Olsons just keep their mouth shut. I mean nobody that puts their kids in Hollywood <laughs> productions is decent, but <laughs> probably comparatively decent. Probably Tim, I was almost in a Gerber baby commercial when I was a baby. Were you? Yes. Then they were like, "This baby's butt ugly." No, my we pa- thought that that was a picture of his butt that turned out to be his face. No, I auditioned and I got the part, but then uh, my parents had like second thoughts about it and they didn't want to do it. I think probably also it was like a big pain in the ass and not a lot of money. So Tim, that could have been me. I could have been a child star. I don't. Think that story is true. Also, and I don't. I I think you might think it's true, <laughs> but you auditioned to be the Gerber baby and you got the part. Not the then... Gerber baby, a Gerber baby, or maybe a Pampers baby, something like that. One of those babies that they always need new babies for. Tom, I'm. I'm calling BS on this. I would have heard about this what way you, you would have heard about this? I don't even remember it. I'm telling we you t- this information we secondhand. Talk about, we talk about nonsense for an hour a week for 10 years, and this never comes up that you were going to be the Gerber baby? I wasn't necessarily going to uh, be the Gerber your baby. Your mom had a change of heart at the last moment? Maybe if things went differently, I would have. And the How reason- Do you think that would have uh, meaningfully affected your life? No, unless it led to other work. Do you know why they took me to the audition? Do you know who convinced my parents to take me to that odd that that I should get into show business? Probably somebody in show business. Uh, Robert Evans. No, Tim. It was Dom DeLuise. What? Dom DeLuise. My parents ran into Dom DeLuise this one time on a on no, a ferry on a ferry going to the going to Fire Island. Tom, this story. Listen, and, and they they heard somebody playing with me. I was over my my mom's shoulder, and they could hear somebody woo woo cooing and playing with me. And they turned around. It was Dom DeLuise. It wasn't Dom DeLuise. I swear to Your God, it was got a Dom head DeLuise. By a big guy. And Dom DeLuise told them that I should be in pictures. <laughs> and then did he take out a listing? There's a Gerber audition. I, I think he probably recommended them to his agent. I Dom think I did. I probably had the same representation as Dom DeLuise. Uh, I could have if I had, you know, booked the deal. Bullshit, Tom. You, oh, yeah. I was discovered by Dom DeLuise. He said I should have been a star. It's 100% true. It is the truest story I've ever told. Thank you. 
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Now, Tim... Uh, this show, I do think WandaVision, so for anybody, maybe we'll give a little, uh, filler on who these characters are. People don't know. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen plays Wanda, Wanda Maximoff. Uh, Paul Bettany plays Vision, who's- And the reason they hired Elizabeth Olsen is, uh, because of child labor laws, right? So (laughs) since she's a twin, they could have her twin, they can switch her and her twin out. No, it was because the Olsen twins, they burned through all their hours as kids. So then once it was like, well, now we need an adult Olsen. It's like, all right, now you got to trade them out. You can't use the twins anymore. They've, they've, you know, union rules. They've already worked too many hours. Right. Um, But they are the last we saw these characters. Vision was dead, dead as a doornail. And uh, Wanda, Wanda had come back. She was she was snapped during uh, Infinity War. She did not exist for five years. And then she came back and she was there with the big fight against everybody. Um, And but then since then, we don't know what happened. And this show starts without any kind of preamble about what what is going on. All we know is Vision is seemingly back to life. And Wanda is also still alive, and they are both um, uh, inside a 1950s sitcom. Right, and I will say this, Tom. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who these characters were. I haven't seen most of the Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. and I watched these episodes, these first two episodes that came out. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this is going to, I'm going to, I'm going to need to know some stuff about this universe. Right. So I tried to quickly catch up on the MCU, um, and I was going to watch all the movies uh, in <laughs> release order as quickly as possible. <laughs> so immediately after watching these episodes of WandaVision, I started with Iron Man. Yeah. I watched that film, and then I looked up, what's, oh, what's next? Oh, The Incredible Hulk starring Ed Norton mm-hmm. from The Honeymooners. Uh, which I guess this is where the 1950s uh, sitcom idea originally came from. But uh, so I was like, okay, let me just pop this up on Disney Plus. Number one, it's not on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, from what I understand, Ed Norton isn't even in the films anymore. There's a whole different guy named Hulk. So I, I got in contact with you and I was like, should I watch this Hulk movie? And you're like, uh, well, it's bad, but it's canon. Mm-hmm. So I think I had to like go pay for it somewhere to watch a bad movie, and then I decided not to watch any more of the Marvel Cinematic well, Universe movies. It's not bad, but it's not great. It, it's very mediocre, and I think that that's part of why nobody walked out of that movie being like, man, Edward Norton is Bruce Banner. I will not accept another actor playing Bruce Banner. They were like, oh, we can just get like another like guy who does indie movies sometimes, right? All right, we'll get we'll get uh uh Mark Ruffalo. And even so that movie is canon, but it is referred to in the movies in like the most uh I don't know, like loosest way where it's like, do you have a general idea who Hulk is? Like it was a a doctor. He was experimenting and then he turned into the Hulk. And when he's mad, he turns it. Okay, great. That's all you need to know. Do I need to watch that movie? If, uh, if I'm, I'm at heart a completist, right? So Uh, I would rather not. Right. But nobody, I've never heard anybody say that that movie's good. Um, can yeah. I watch the Ang Lee Hulk instead? <laughs> you actually could. Like, you know, you just have to have an idea of the Hulk. And the Ang Lee Hulk movie, honestly, is, is you know, it's also not a good movie. But but it's the same idea of like, oh, there's this guy, Bruce Banner. He gets hit with gamma rays. He turns into the Hulk. And You wouldn't story. like him when he's angry. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. Um, but that's really all you need to know. Uh, but yeah, that movie's not on Disney Plus because of rights issues. I would also <sighs> say that you don't have to watch all the uh Marvel movies. When uh my girlfriend wanted to see Endgame, we I curated. I think Did maybe she want to see it. She did, Tim, because she wanted to see me happy. That's what makes her happiest is seeing me happy. Um, I'm sure you think that. Um, but I'm I sure that problematic arrangement makes sense in your head. But I think we only watched. I don't think we even watched the first Iron Man. I think we watched the first Avengers movies, the first Avengers movie, the last two Captain America movies, and then the last two uh avengers movies so we watched five movies total and like that was maybe you know twice i had to you know pause and uh explain 
Like, oh, yeah, we skipped the movie that this character came in. This is their deal. But I'm not going to have anybody to pause and explain to me. You can pause it and then call me and I'll explain anything you'd like. Any time of day. (laughs) I I bet you would. You're, I mean, I would if you were ways, if you were curious enough to call me, I would happily. I wouldn't be like fuck off. In a lot of ways, you're not a good friend, but in <laughs> this way, I think you would be a, a solid friend. Well, that's the nicest thing you've ever said about me, Tim. So you know, you, it's a re- what a, a real damn shame. What the Dom DeLuise passed before he had a real shot at getting a role in the MC, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 100%. He could have been uh, anybody, really. They could have cast him as. He he could have been the Nick Fury. He could have been the one yeah. that brought them all together. I mean, he passed in, in 2009. So, yeah, he I mean, could have been in could, that they, first Iron Man movie, yeah. for all for we all know. know. He probably auditioned and Sam Jackson just edged him out. <laughs> they, they shot that scene with both of them, not sure who they were going to use. Um, you know what? You know what Disney Plus does for the MCU movies? What? During the end credits. You mm-hmm. know, uh, on a TV show, oh, you have the, the next skip episode? credits option. The yeah. skip credits option. Mm-hmm. You can skip the end credits and get to the post credits oh, scene with one click. That's so good. you don't have to see all the names of those pesky VFX artists that get paid <laughs> Twelve dollars an hour I think they, they, to work nine hundred hour weeks. They show the end credit scenes in. They're actually like mid credit scenes, so it's like once they get to names you wouldn't recognize, names you wouldn't recognize, or names of people who aren't extremely rich who demand that everybody see their name. Then they show that scene, and then they're like. Yeah, here's the 10,000 people that worked 80-hour weeks to make this movie. Iron Man 1 mm-hmm. is is a true post-credit scene. Yes. Yeah, and that was uh, the first one. Yeah. Um, but you didn't know anything about Wanda or Vision going into this uh, television show. No, you sent me a graphic novel a couple of years ago. That was nice. I read yeah. some of it, Tim, but it I never it really... It wasn't had... that graphic. It had a few swear words. You convinced me to buy a Batman comic one time, and it and I got I to did? page like five. Yeah, you were like, oh, no, no, a Superman one. And you were okay. like, uh, you should get All-Star Superman. And yeah. I was like, okay, I like Superman. And then uh, Lois <laughs> Lane is nude Christ. on page five, and I'm just like, oh, this is what this is. <sighs> Yeah, some the, perverts. You fantasy. brought this up a thousand times. She's taking a shower, Tim, and you see her butt. That's all. Yeah. What well, do we need to see? PG thirteen. She's in the shower. Yeah, she's got a PG butt. PG thirteen, maybe in nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> Not these days, though. Look, it's just meant to show you the Lois Lane's just like you, Tim. She's got a butt and she has to poop. <laughs> That's all, and that contrast, we never see Superman's butt. We don't know if he's got a butt and if he has to poop. Does he? No, he probably uh, doesn't have to poop ever, right? Yeah, I don't think it's ever been answered, honestly. He either doesn't have to poop, or when he poops, it's weird. Like he poops Has something con- else. Hold on. Has this conversation happened in a Kevin Smith movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> or I think what we should be asking ourselves is if this conversation could have happened in a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> should we be should having we it? Should we be having it? 
Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, you, I, I bought you the vision, the Tom King vision, uh, comic, the six issue arc, uh, very good. You won like a bunch of awards for it. Um, I forget the artist Oscar, I think. Yeah. He didn't win an Oscar, but he won like an Eisner or whatever. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's owned by the former CEO of Disney who now owns <laughs> Marvel, but, um, in the bag. You don't need to know anything about these characters, especially since we don't know what their situation is. We don't under we don't know why they're in a 1950 sitcom. Although I will say I was very impressed, like seeing the promos and everything for this. I was like, oh, man, this looks weird. Awesome. I'm real into this. And then I was like, ah, is this going to be like the first five minutes and then it's going to change into, you know, just a uh, very generic superhero type thing. Um, and it hasn't. I mean, we are two episodes in. the And the first episode was a 50 sitcom. The second episode was a 60 sitcom. And then at the end, it turns into a 70 sitcom. And it seems like I think there's nine episodes that almost every episode is going to be, you know, a different uh uh, decade of sitcoms. I know that they did film an episode that's supposed to be like The Office that's done like mockumentary styles. So they've they've done up until more recent uh, sitcoms. Right. Um, I was impressed. Uh, Tom, you know, I'm a, I'm a sitcom connoisseur. I'm a sitcom yeah. fan. We, we both grew up with Nick at Night and all that yeah. stuff. Watched old like, sitcoms. And the Dick Van Dyke show is legit like one of the best yeah which is what the first episode uh, is heavily inspired by um and i'm gonna quibble a little bit um the dick van dyke show is actually a 1960s show but they're pretending it was a 1950s show yeah uh and and the 60s one is bewitched um there's another i'm trying to think The, the 50s one is a little bit i love lucy too yeah it has some of the tropes from uh, from that sitcom as well, it's, I think. All right. Here's Tom. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Marvel fan. Um, I don't I don't I don't dislike Marvel. I just don't know a lot about it. I was very impressed. It's cool as hell how they made this. Um, the, they seem very authentic. Yeah. Um, to those sitcoms. Apparently, um, during the production, they use 47 different lenses because they were using like period accurate lenses and period accurate lighting. So like for these early episodes, they use like tungsten lighting instead of LED lighting. So it's like extremely hot. Uh, and they had uh, an actual live studio audience, um, which they probably did not need. <laughs> No, probably not. Uh, I'm sure they still like you know did the audio track for the laughter and everything the same way they would have done it anyway. But but I mean that might help with uh with the actors' performances uh, to have an audience there. So yeah, I'm not against here's, it. Here's the thing though, mm-hmm. I read like a bunch of glowing reviews. Yeah, both by critics and like by the average Joe uh, mm-hmm. on, on the internet. I think people are kind of grading this on a curve, assuming that like things are going to get a lot weirder. Mm-hmm. 
Because if you like this, if you like the first episode of this, mm-hmm. these people aren't like, wow, that was a, that was a really great episode of a sitcom. And you're telling me the Dick Van Dyke show has 125 episodes <laughs> just like this? Let me go and, and watch this. It, it, it's, first of all, these episodes are not as good as the best episodes of the shows that they're uh, doing homages to, right? So it's like, a, 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 I'd say they're pretty good episodes of, mm-hmm. of those types of shows. And then there's like 10 seconds in each one of like, Wanda, who's doing this to you? Weird things. Things aren't as they seem. But then right back to the sitcom. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if people, and then people are like, this is brilliant. This is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. I just feel like these people would, like if they really enjoyed it that much, they'd go watch the Dick Van Dyke show now. Well, maybe they are watching the Dick Van Dyke show. Nobody's maybe they're watching, watching the that instead of listening to this. I think that more people watch the Dick Van Dyke show every week than listen to this. I think that people are people have seen the trailers and seen okay they're doing every every decade and they seem to like really done their homework on getting that right that's pretty cool that's fun to see um and yeah there's a mystery i mean you know why did you watch the second episode of lost because in the first episode there was enough weird stuff going on that you were like, oh, I need to know what is actually happening here. I feel like in the here. first episode of this, there wasn't a lot of weird stuff. There was like literally 30 seconds of weirdness in 30 minutes. I mean, but there was a lot of weirdness if you've seen, you know, the end game. And I think it's fine to assume that people have seen the most, you know, profitable movie of all time. <laughs> And and no, like, wait a minute, this wasn't where those characters were. One of these characters was dead. Okay, something's up here. Well, they're back in the 50s, Tom. Well, no, they're not just back in the 50s. They're in a television show. Ah, yes. And I think combined with both, I think a lot of the strong reviews have been due to the uh, actors' performances. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do think it's well done. I just, I just feel like everybody's like, "This is mind blowing." It's like, man, these are sitcom plot. They, they tried to put hackneyed, tropey sitcom plots, yeah. and if it wasn't connected to the MCU, um, you wouldn't like it. But I think that not only have we not never seen these characters portrayed this way. But the, these actors, you know, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany aren't in comedies. Um, mm-hmm. So seeing them uh, kind of pulling it off really well is fun. And seeing them kind of like throw themselves completely into, uh, you know, the the tropes and, and uh, uh, you know, way jokes were done of that era uh, is fun. It, it she's seems got like a real fifties uh, actress voice too. Yeah, she's got that transatlantic accent of the like. Well, yeah. boy, you. I know you're. You hate this uh, when it's said about media, but I think it looks like they were having fun. Oh no, I like that. You like when people have fun. Yeah, I just thought when I say, have fun. I thought you were gonna say you hate when that I hate when people say. 
it's more fun than it has any right to be, which I never <laughs> understand. That. Like, it's better than it has any right to be. Like, yeah, oh, I mean, every, I everything's mean. got a right to... <laughs> yeah, I forgot that that's, that that's uh, one of the things that you... That's the critic line that, that I really can't stand. Um, now, people are... What do you think is going on? Tim, what's your take on the mystery here? I think... It, uh, and, and, and don't knowing... say something stupid like it's Captain America doing everything. Is that what you think? No, it's not Captain America. I mean, I, th- I think this is where I'm at a distinct disadvantage because I don't know anything <laughs> about the greater universe or mm-hmm. these characters. But from what I've read about um, the Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. uh, Wanda, is that she can um, create reality. Right. She, yeah, she can create her own reality and alter uh, existing reality. Famous, famously in the comic books, uh, somewhat recently, uh, there was a storyline where because she's a mutant like the X Men, and uh, she decided there shouldn't be any more mutants, and she just like made will that into existence. Like mutants didn't exist anymore. So she's extremely powerful. Right. So um, I think she's probably, um, this is probably a construct of or her creating this reality. Yeah. Somebody, you know, people are coming in and saying, who's doing this to you? So maybe somebody's forcing her to do that. Well, do you know who was saying that to her? Um, the doctor? No. <laughs> God damn it, Tim. It's not even the same. Not Doctor Who. Or were you just saying the doctor hoping hoping that there would be some... I was like, yeah, you're right. Dr. Bruce Banner's doing it. I don't know. It. I thought maybe... Yeah, maybe, maybe Doctor Strange. Maybe you're Doctor right. Who. You're like, there's enough doctors involved here that it's a good chance a doctor's doing this to them. Maybe uh, Dr. Jill Biden. Oh, maybe... Oh, what's the matter, Tom? A woman can't be a doctor? Maybe Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, Tim? Mm. The first doctor? Was she the first doctor? Yeah. No, there were doctors before Dr. Quinn. I don't know. Prove it. There were, I but I wish I could I wish I could find the proof, but I just can't. <laughs> I mean, at some point people were like, Yeah, I'm a doctor, and like there were there was no uh accreditation or anything, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't see why that. Would I be just the, don't see why. <laughs> you know, when Doctor Quinn would show up it to seems help, seems like people, it's wrong. When Doctor Quinn would show up to help people, nobody was ever like, "Hey, is your uh, medical license up to date?" No, it's a wild west. They were like, "You say you're a doctor, all right? And you're a doctor." And yeah, and I mean, judging by the show, she was a very good doctor because she always, well, not always, but usually saved the people. If someone collapses on the subway and a guy is like, "Hey, I'm a doctor. I'll I'll deal with this." Are you like, "Wait, wait. Where's your medical license, pal?" Yeah, I am actually. Uh, you believe Tim. them? <laughs> yeah, I do. I hold things up so the person passes away. <laughs> I am the angel of death. <laughs> um No, the the voice we're hearing over uh, the the radio is uh, television and motion pictures. Randall Park um, reprising his character as the FBI agent from Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
Oh, I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I don't remember any FBI agent. You don't remember him? He was the one that was like... I remember I remember Randall Park was in that movie. Yeah. I do not remember anything about any he of the characters the FBI that anybody agent, played. Uh, who was like, you know, looking after Paul Rudd because Paul Rudd was under house arrest. Oh, yeah. And he was the one that had to keep showing up like, hey, your, your you know, uh, anklet went off again. And um, so he's fun. He's in it. Uh, Are you sure he wasn't reprising his role from the television show Las Vegas where he played the character Jasper? Oh, how many episodes did Las Vegas air for in NBC? Mm. Six, maybe, I'm going to guess. September... 22nd to february 15th okay so maybe oh no not. wait no that's not that's not right september 22nd 2003 <laughs> to february 15th 2008 it ran for five seasons what really yeah. i thought that got canceled halfway through the first i see tim I'm, had... i don't know everything about the 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 uh television and movie industry you proved the me opening wrong. theme song a little less conversation by Elvis Presley. Is that where he says one for the money, two for the show? No, that's where he says a little less conversation, a little more action. Remember? You know, there was. Remember when the remix of that song came out in like two thousand three, two thousand four? Yeah. It might have been for. It might have been for this. I think um, it was before that, but then I'm sure that capitalized on on the fact that that song was a big hit. It was uh, done by uh, a guy named Junkie XL. That oh, remix. yeah. Um, but they had to credit him as JXL um, because people didn't want uh, Junkie associated <laughs> with Elvis. But yeah. wasn't Elvis a junkie? Yeah, I mean, he died from drugs, right? Hmm, maybe. Did he die from drugs or just like... And he died on the toilet, right? Are we going to get sued by Elvis's estate by saying these things? Maybe. No, heart attack. Yeah. Like, but but it was toilet. like a very premature heart attack, dude. He yeah. was like a few years older than we are now. He was 42. I mean, he lived a lot more life than either oh, one of yeah. us. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he fought in World War II. Neither of he us did He was a sergeant. That. Yeah. Yeah. Let alone have... A career and then a comeback career. Yeah, I've never even been to Las Vegas, Tom. How could you possibly come back then? You got to go there for the first time, and then you can do your big uh, uh, Tim comeback tour. Yeah. Um, I forget what I was going to say about the television show that we were talking about, but... Uh, b- b- but I think we were still talking about the performances. I thought the performances were good. Oh, we were talking about... Uh, uh, Elvis get- had an enlarged heart for a long time. That, together with his drug habit, caused his death. But he was difficult to diagnose. It was a judgment call. A judgment call of what? To tell him to, like, stop doing no, what, cocaine what the all actual, the time? What, what the cause of death <laughs> oh, was. Oh, I see. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Because, yeah, you never really hear, like, no, this was it. Yeah. Um, Randall Parks in the show, Catherine Hans in the show. Uh, Catherine Hans, very good. We like her, right? Oh yeah, I love Catherine Hans. Sorry, I was just, <sighs> I was just looking at pictures of Elvis dead. Elvis <laughs> looked as if his entire body had completely frozen in a seated position while using the toilet, 
and then had fallen forward in that fixed position directly in front of it. So did like rigor mortis set in? And then on he, the toilet, and yeah, then a and then strong he fell wind off came the toilet. and knocked it off. Yeah, maybe. Well, not a strong wind, but like, I don't know. Over time, like the blood settled and tipped him forward or something. Maybe. Deborah Joe Rupp. Who's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's That was the other person I was going to say uh, who plays the boss's wife. Yeah. She not only was in that 70s show, but she was in Friends. Mm-hmm. She was in Seinfeld. She was a, she's a sitcom mainstay from from our generation. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it has it has well, I was going to say it has a bunch of fun people like that, but really it just has her like that and then other people who are not necessarily from sitcoms but do a great job. Catherine Hahn, I Catherine Hahn is likely the antagonist, it seems like, or one of the antagonists at least. Right. Uh, there, there's something up with her, but at the same time, she's also like dutifully playing the like uh, nosy next door neighbor, and beautifully playing as well. If I don't say so myself, Tim, you're a married man. Tom, mm-hmm. uh, can I say something about Catherine Hahn? Sure. I have an announcement to make. <laughs> okay. Catherine Hahn is having a moment. Okay, we can move on now. Is this something you were you read about in People magazine or something? Yeah, but you know, I I can I can definitively say I'm calling it. I've seen enough. Oh, because Catherine she... Hahn is having a moment. <laughs> she she has an HBO show, right? Yeah, the you know Mrs. Fletcher. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey well, a moment well deserved, I think. Tom, you like her because she was in Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Oh, I forgot that that's her. No, yeah. but that's not why I like her. I liked her since... And Hotel Transylvania Summer Vacation. There's a third one. The earliest thing I remember seeing her in was uh, Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She was very mm-hmm. funny in that. And then she was that. She was kind of that person for a while who would occasionally pop up in things, and you're like, oh, she's great. Yeah, I can't wait for her to have a moment. Yeah, I can't. Oh, pretty soon a moment's going to be hers. Yeah. Well, here well, we are. Now we're living in the moment. Yeah. Um, Catherine Hans moment. You didn't ask me if I thought what was what I thought was going on in WandaVision. Yeah. Would you like to know? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh I mean I think pretty much the same thing you think. Just yeah, she's she's creating some kind of reality. I think maybe somebody is causing her to do that. She's not completely doing that on her own. I think that's why uh, the FBI and SWORD are potentially trying to help her. They don't really know what's going on. But we'll see. I hope Vision's alive. I hope somehow he comes back to life. He's a fun character that I don't think has been uh, fully explored enough in the movies. Yeah, they always come back to life or going to the past or something i always (laughs) i always thought it was weird in the movies because like he's a he's a synthoid a like synthetic human being that is created and like when that happens in the movie that it's not like oh this has happened before it's like no this is like a pretty unique thing that has happened that tony stark and uh uh bruce banner have created 
And then Tony Stark really doesn't like interact with him all that much. And then later in uh, Civil War, when he uh, Vision accidentally uh, hits uh, a War Machine with his, Don Cheadle with his beam and then, you know, like paralyzes Don Cheadle, you know, uh, uh, they're all in the hospital. And Tony Stark is like, oh, great job, Vision. And it's like, isn't this weird to anybody else? Like, you're on a hospital, and there's this purple guy, and he's a robot. Don't you want to, like, talk to him more about, you know, like, hey, this is super weird. You're like a robot, but you're a real person. And I made you. That's a Pinocchio story. I'm one of the people that made you. Maybe I have some questions for you about that. Or at least I want to be, like, you know, a little bit interested in your life. I, ne- I never saw any of these uh, these films you're referring to. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but what I did read mm-hmm. is that Paul Bettany, um, he did the voice it's pronounced of Jarvis. Bethany. He did the voice of Jarvis in, yes. in Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And then that, you you schooled me on this, that eventually became uh, Vision, right? As they, I guess yeah, uh, Tony which Stark it- used that AI. Yeah, it, that's not what happened in the comics, but it was a very clever kind of like uh, idea for the movies of, hey, the guy we have doing the voice for this thing that we never thought would be anything other than the, the voice, like he would actually be a pretty good actor to play this character. So they figured out like, oh, let's have that AI be part of what inhabits this this robot. Well, the only reason he did Iron Man mm-hmm. He he claims he didn't even know what movie it was and that he doesn't know anything about comic books. But he was friendly with John Favreau after they had filmed the movie Wimbledon together oh, in wow. 2004. And he's like, oh, my old Wimbledon pal John called me up and was like, you want to do voiceover for two hours? We'll pay you $200,000. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Wow. And like, uh, he, like, he claims, like, I didn't even ask what movie it was for. Um but it's weird that it just like you know uh metastasized into this thing where like now he's uh playing a robot in this weird TV series. Yeah. Um that is fine. I mean I could also see at the t- I mean at the time I don't think they were as secretive about this stuff, but they're mm-hmm. you know, I could see uh uh Paul Bettany being like so what what is this for? And then being like, well, it's a little bit. Se- uh, yeah, all right. I don't care. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was just being polite asking. Um, I do. I like him uh, as a person a lot because uh, I was reading an interview recently where uh, I guess originally they there was supposed to be an after credit scene in Endgame where uh elizabeth olsen's character like pulled out like you know one of those like uh uh mortuary drawers and like you know vision's body was in there it was just kind of the implication of like oh she's still fixated something's gonna happen like that was just basically gonna be it and paul bettany in an interview is like yeah we filmed the scene and everything i was really disappointed that that didn't make the movie because I really would have liked to participate on the back end. And I would have gotten points on that movie if they just put this scene of me lying dead on a table. But they cut it. And then I didn't get any money from that movie. <laughs> and he's handsome. He is handsome. He just, he's an honest man. 
He's married to Jennifer Connelly. Who does the new voice of um, a Spider-Man suit. I don't care. But see, it was kind of like a cute, like, oh, let's get his real-life wife to be uh, the new yeah. voice. Uh, that is cute. And I'm sure she was like, yes, yeah, sign me up because my husband is a multimillionaire from just randomly doing one of these voiceover things. I bet they uh, they share finances. Yeah, maybe. Who knows with these Hollywood couples, Tim? Yeah. If you like the show, you can find out more at tcgt.com. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash complete guide, and on Instagram at tcgte. You can follow me on Facebook, no, not Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. You can follow me at your pal Tim. I was yawning when I, when I, I saw. saying that. Yeah. Uh, check out our Reddit, tcgt.reddit.com, and check out our Discord, Complete Guide. And if you want to support the show, check out patreon.com slash complete guide. For Books the Podcast, this week we are continuing, grinding it out, the Ray Kroc story by yeah. Raymond Kroc. Ray Kroc is shit, is what I call him. Well, we're learning a lot about McDonald's, about the ins and outs of McDonald's. I didn't know they make not only cheeseburgers, but also hamburgers. You did know that, huh? I did, but what kind of maniac goes to McDonald's and orders a hamburger? There's a Discord, there's a Reddit. I said those things. You weren't oh, listening. You? Yeah. I was reading email. TCGT.com slash merch for our merch. New designs available there now. Uh, are you going to continue to watch WandaVision, Tim? Yeah, I think it's really well done. I think my biggest fear is mm-hmm. that the big revelation uh, th- that's going to happen at some point isn't going to make any sense to me, which is why I was <laughs> scrambling to watch all the Marvel movies before that happens. So I think I, I, I think I'll just skip the Hulk and um, plow Continue ahead. Continue on, and watch. yeah, yeah, yeah. You should. I mean, I don't, I don't think. I know I don't want to give too much away, but I know like there are other characters from other Marvel movies that are popping up in this. But I I think they are making it pretty like easy. They're not going to be like, oh well, if you haven't seen, yeah, I don't. You know, if they're doing that shit though, mm-hmm. I want to be there for it. You know, right. I want to yeah. understand it. All right, that, well, that's then, the way I feel. You know, watch, I want to. I want thirty hours worth of movie. No, like forty hours worth of movies. More. Let's see, Iron Man. There's twenty three movies. I think. The Incredible Hulk, I'm going to skip. I'm going to do it. I don't care. Then Iron Man 2. <laughs> I'll watch that. Don't just name the next 21 Marvel movies, Tim. Yeah, there are a lot of movies. Thor seems boring. I don't think I'm going to do that. You can watch right? the first Thor. The first Thor is not bad. You can skip the second one. Captain America, the first Avenger. People like that movie. Yeah, right? it's a fun movie. The it's Avengers. more fun than it has any right to be. <laughs> the Avengers, I watched... 10 minutes of one time and they were like walking around lizard people and I was like too scary (laughs) Iron Man 3 I hear is secretly good everybody Um, thought it was bad but it's actually good that's the one by um, uh, Shane Black yeah Uh, so it's weird because it's very much like a Shane Black movie Thor the Dark World that sounds boring that's the one you can skip yeah 
Captain America the Winter Soldier. I saw that, Tom. You and I saw that together. Yeah. That was the first appearance of Wanda in the in the end credit scene. I do not recall. Um Guardians of the Galaxy, I saw that in the theater. I don't need to watch that again, right? Yeah, I mean those characters are kind of tangential. Avengers Age of Ultron. I mean, I know you're just a big Josh Josh Whedon guy. It's Josh, not Josh. Josh Whedon. Ant-Man I saw in uh, theaters. You should watch Age of Ultron because that's where Vision comes from, and that's where Wanda's in that movie. Doctor Strange I saw the last 15 minutes of at the barbershop one time. (laughs) Doctor Strange will factor into this show later, it seems. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Don't make me watch that one. No, you don't have to watch that. Spider-Man Homecoming. Saw it on a plane. It was okay. Mm -hmm. Thor Ragnarok. You've been telling me I should watch this You still haven't seen that? (sighs) Yeah, that's a good one. Black Panther. Still haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Also a good one. Also for the reason. Black Panther doesn't. I don't, yeah, it doesn't have any like Wakanda later has something to do with the the events happening in here, but Black Panther isn't uh, seemingly tied into this too much. Avengers: Infinity War, I should yes. probably see that. Ant Man and the Wasp, I watched that opening day in the theater. Mm-hmm. So you're only gonna watch the movies you haven't seen. I think so, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, the ones you have seen, I'm sure you don't remember any of, but. Yeah, that's true. All right, I got to watch those two. <laughs> Captain Marvel. Also, you've seen mostly the good ones. So you're going to, I feel like you're going to get distur- discouraged real quick just watching all the movies you skip because everybody was like, eh, you don't need to see that one. Captain Marvel uh, is good, but uh, also seemingly doesn't have anything to do with this movie. So this uh, or TV show. WandaVision, mm-hmm. they say, kind of folds right into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, which then seemingly is going to lead right into the next Spider-Man movie, which is yeah. why Tobey Maguire and uh, uh, Andrew Garfield are going to be in that movie. Got it. But that's a Sam Raimi movie? That's cool. Yeah, yeah, which is also kind of like a wacky thing that, He's going to be doing a Doctor Strange movie that leads into a Spider-Man movie because he did all the Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire movies. Right. And long... one of the Spider-Man movies references Doctor Strange, and maybe that will finally get paid off. Okay. Um, how long do you think it'll take me to get through these these films? Depend. If you start watching them now and you don't go to bed, you'll probably be done by tomorrow night. No, WandaVision is how Fridays, many episodes? Nine, I think. Eight so or I've, nine. So I have eight more weeks. Yeah. Seven or eight more weeks. Mm-hmm. I can watch like three or four movies a week. If you watch like one movie that has anything to that is like good and or has anything to do with it. Then you can watch one movie a week. I mean, that's kind of the good thing about Marvel is like the bad movies, they don't reference. <laughs> so it's like they just uh, write off a clunker right away. They're just like, oh, no, they that don't didn't work. write it off, but they're kind of like, 
you know what? Like, let's not call back. Let's not remind people about that movie that wasn't that good. That might be the secret to their success. I, I think just... it kind of is. Because I think, like, very much people are like, man, they've never missed. They've never, everything they've done is a hit. And it's like, eh, like half the movies are, are good. The other half are, like, very people much. People don't talk about it. Yeah, are very much in the vein of, like, you know, uh, pre-Marvel superhero movies of just, like, yeah, yeah, the normal shit in a superhero movie happens and it's fine. I mean, but then they usually have, like, one thing from those movies that they tie in or, like, one character. So then... It, it like just enough that it's like, oh no, we didn't bury that movie. Look, you know, th- this character talked about this rock, and that rock was in this movie. Right. And it's like, but but yeah, they they don't uh, tie him in real tight. There there's no bad Marvel movie that eh, maybe Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron's not very good, uh, but w- with the exception of that, and it's not bad. It's just like. It, it it's like a one of those movies that's like badly paced and stuff like has good stuff in it but overall as a movie you're like that was weird that that mm. didn't feel like a cohesive narrative um but yeah otherwise they uh they leave the clunkers by the wayside there there what i was going to say is there's no like bad marvel movie that's like this movie sucks shit but if you don't watch it you'll have no idea what's going on Okay. Um, I think I'm just going to consult you as I sit down to watch. Told you, Tim, anytime, day or night, you can call me with uh, questions. You can, you can call me and go, who's this? I won't know unless you give me some clues, but I'll try my best. Great. Tom, that's all I can ask, that you do your best. That's all any of us can ask at the end of the day. See you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.